Hello, I am Frederick Bell, the CEO of Elemental Altus Royalties. We are a newly merged company of Altus Strategies PLC and Elemental Royalties Corp. And the merger of this company um, puts us in a really unique position in the royalty space. We'll have 11 producing royalties and streams across the portfolio. Um, we're diversified across 13 jurisdictions. And I think we, we now have the critical mass, the size, the scale and the team to really make an impact in the royalty space as we're likely to see the theme of consolidation continue to play out over the next year or two. Well, lovely to have you on here and congratulations on that. Um, first question is, and I think lots of people ask this question all the time, is it, why does size matter? Uh, look, I, in, in the royalty space, in, in particularly where we were prior to this, if you have a fixed cost base, and I'm just going to use an example here, but if you have a fixed cost base of $5 million a year for your company, and you have revenue of $5 million a year, you are independent of markets to an extent, but you're not really generating free cash flow. If you are in the position as we were, where we were going up to 10 million, 11, $12 million a year, suddenly we're generating, you know, between five and $7 million, sort of call it EBITDA numbers. But if you then put the company together um, with another company that's doing the same thing, you know, those margins, the synergies of the merger actually mean you get that wonderful margin expansion. And so, you know, every million dollars of revenue you add, you are then hopefully 90% of that is translating to free cash flow. So if you are going from a $1 billion to a $1.1 billion royalty company, it might not have such a big impact. But if you are going from that inflection point where we are, and I think, you know, both companies, Altus and Elemental, prior to this, going from that inflection point where you're both starting to generate free cash flow, that's when it has the biggest impact. And that's exactly the position this merger is putting the company into. Right. And, and what does it do in terms of your ability to access capital and the cost of that capital? It's, it's one of the you know, key attributes for any lenders are you know, your revenue base, the size of it, and the diversification. And so here, I think the combined pro forma group had about $10 million US of, of gross revenue in 2021. And for 2022, on the pro forma numbers, it, it looks about $19 million plus and growing to $24 million in 2023. So that is uh, more than doubling of the revenue. And at the same time, diversifying it across more jurisdictions, more assets and more operators. So the result of that is you go to a lender and you say, we have much, we have more revenue and it's much more diversified. And that helps you in accessing the lowest cost of capital possible. And I think particularly important um, for us as a company going forwards to have that access to a lower cost of capital. And it's one of the key differentiators between the mid-tiers and the majors in the royalty space and any company who's trying to enter it is, you know, there are already companies with a low cost of capital. And so the sooner you can get to that position, the better place you are looking at acquisitions going forwards yourselves. So look, you said lenders, um, they look at the, re- they look at revenue. Uh- as, as they should. Um, investors perhaps have a different risk profile and they're, they're looking to the future and all the blue, blue sky upside um, coming down the line. Um, but do you, do you think that's correct? Do you think that lenders' attitude of, you know, revenue is important? You've said revenue is important to you, you know, hence this merger of equals. Um, do you think that the market should be valued in a different way? Because I'm, I'm looking at... Um, royalty and streaming companies throughout the, uh, the, the sector, and I'm slightly confused as to how they each get valued. It seems disconnected. 
Yeah, it's it's it is a real mix, um, and I think that Elemental prior to this merger were always focused on revenue producing assets. Ninety percent of the portfolio was revenue producing assets. Um, with this merger, we are on the royalty side still eighty percent weighted towards producing assets. So we have that really strong foundation underpinning us of diversified revenue. Um, but in addition to it now, we have, particularly coming from the outer side, we have a much um, much larger development pipeline of royalties and also a royalty generation business. So what that means then is, you know, I think our portfolio is more balanced across the, both the revenue side, which we've always held as the most important feature, um, but also then the pipeline going forwards. And in terms of how investors look at that, um, I always look at it rather cynically and think that it's very good to have, while it's very good to have assets in the pipeline that might deliver value, you've still got to get there. And if you're going to be potentially diluted on the route there, um, and if you go through, as mining is a cyclical um, industry, if you go through bad periods and you get diluted, um, then that value may not stay. And so for us, we've always had, you know, the most important feature being you know, give us that independence from markets from the beginning, give us the revenue um, to cover our costs and allow us to choose when we raise money. And if we can do that, then it puts us in the best possible position to actually be able to realize value from those assets in the pipeline. And so for me, uh, if I'm talking as an investor, that's that's how I would look at it too. I'd want to see, you know, particularly in a royalty company like ours, I'd want to see that they've got enough revenue to bridge them to those assets in the pipeline. Right. Okay. So the M&A is inevitable. There's been sort of six or so mergers over the last you know, year or so in, in the space. Um, for you, it can give you access to cheap cattle. I, I get that. I, and I will get on to what you spend it on in a second, but I can't not comment um, about the hostile takeover, sorry, so the, the, the hostile and unsolicited takeover bid by Gold Royalty just a few months ago, beginning of the year. Um, you didn't want to do that deal. But it, as it well as it turns out, it wasn't a case of you didn't want M and A. You just didn't want that deal versus this deal. So, what's the difference between the the, the two these, these two conversations that you had? Why have you ended up with Altus and, and and not Gold Royalty? And I I think that it's it really comes down to the merits of the combination. Um, and I think that the merger with Altus, in terms of elemental strategy, it was a much more natural fit. Um, and I think that the unsolicited bid we received, I think that was, you know, um, we were fitting into their strategy and, and that was a portfolio that had a, um, a large portfolio, but had a lot of long dated and assets in there. Um, and that is a different risk profile. I think without us, as I just mentioned, you know, Elemental Altus Royalties now has 11 producing royalties and streams. So in the billion, sub billion dollar royalty space, um, we are now um, the company with the second most producing royalties and streams. Um, so I think that puts us in a really strong position. And again, you know, we're materially growing our revenue going into this, um, both this year and next year. And so for us, that incremental revenue, converting into free cash flow, lowering our cost of capital, but also minimizing dilution to shareholders. And this is a merger of equals. Um, both shareholders are getting you know, pretty close to 50% coming out of this. And so I think for all of those reasons, it was a more appealing um, proposal than, um, than, the, than the bid that we received. 
Right. So what 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 do I need to be looking at? Because like you know, last last time we spoke, you know, we're at one sixty three. You're down at one twenty three. I know the market's pretty crappy for everyone, but what what does a deal like this do? And what should I be looking at? What's important for me to look at? I don't want to I don't want to listen to the kind of promotional stuff that's that's going on out there. I want to understand from you why this merger of equals with with similar attitude to um, the way that you want to build the company. Um, that that's fantastic, but. What am I looking at? What are you? Oh, I think at? there's, I think there's a few, um, there's a few items for the combined company. Firstly, is that we had um, the first um, gold stream we announced um, we received from Ming, um, and that was for Q2 um, on the 28th of July. Um, the Mercedes royalty um, started paying us, um, and the Ballarat and Bonacro royalties um, are also um, starting to pay this year. So that is four new producing assets, which are coming in, in this year. Um, and so I think that is going to materially impact, um, when you look at it on a forward basis, it's going to start to materially impact financials. Um, I think probably the second most important point, um, is there are a number of, um, existing assets, um, that are in the process of either being spun out or, um, being advanced by, by partners. Um, and some of those assets, um, really royalty generation assets came from Altus. So I think there will be some, um, some really positive progress on a few of those, um, coming through this, which should, you know, I think it will, in a sense, simplify and rationalize the story for shareholders. Um, but, but, but explain that. What, what, what do you mean? What, what, how, how does that, how does that benefit me? And how does it benefit the company? Well, I think that some of those, you know, one of the trade offs is that on the royalty generation side, you can actually create a lot of value and you've seen companies do that, but you don't get that value real recognized by the market until you can demonstrate it. And so a producing royalty, you typically get a reasonable value plus or minus 20% from the market. Some of the earlier stage royalty generation assets, um, I think you can often get almost no value attributed by the market. And then you suddenly have a sort of realization and there is value that is demonstrated through that. And so I think that's a key area for, for the combined company to be able to, to demonstrate. I think um, in the coming months is, is on some of those points. Um, and then I think the last one, and this is, um, or maybe two points here, um, I think that the second last one then is um, shareholder support. And coming into this merger, another feature that I think you know, gave us the confidence that strategy was aligned was the number of mutual shareholders um, between Elemental and Altus. Um, and so there were three or four large institutional shareholders for both companies um, who were investors in, in, in both of us. And so it was a very natural conversation um, to have with them um, to say, look, putting these companies together is really going to create value. And um, it's good. we're going to do it in a way that is best for shareholders um, and that is actually going to you know, lead to real synergies between the company. and. Um, Following on from that is the last point, which is on the cost of capital. And we had said last year as Elemental that one of our targets was um, refinancing our, our credit facility and getting a lower cost of capital. And I think that um, coming out of this with a much enlarged portfolio and a diverse, more diversified portfolio, I think that's a, a really um, you know clear target for the combined company um, to work on. And that is a uh, um, you talk about inflection points, um, that is a major driver. 
um, because people look at companies now and they assume a flat 10% cost of capital going forwards or 12% cost of capital. And if you can come out um, as a combined company and you can materially improve on that, um, that, that makes a huge difference, both when you're looking at acquisitions, when you're looking at financings or alternatives. So um, I think those are four points that investors should look out for and, and will make a difference in terms of um, both valuation, but also I think um, the, the perception of the company going forwards and the sort of maturity it is at. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about the, the, the perception of the company. So you, you've just done this deal. Um, I guess as a betting in um, period and kind of getting to know the assets, getting to, getting to, getting to know the, the management teams, etc. But um, it shows some level of intent in a market which I guess was always destined uh, for for some M and A. How quickly before you get back in the saddle, as it were, and look for the for the next opportunity in terms of this kind of this growth, this intent, this ambition, which I think most shareholders look to um, in growth stories. Um, or are you kind of done for a while now? Um, I don't think we ever got out of the saddle. Um, well, if we did, no one told us. <laughs> um, so I think fortunate here in that not only the shareholders, um, a number of the material shareholders are the same, um, but actually um, some of the management teams have worked together in the past. Um, and so um, on our side, um, Greg, who was the first employee with the company, um, actually had worked at Altus previously. Um, and so knows the management team very well. And um, Steve and I knew each other um, again um, long before we ever had any discussions on this and probably, yeah, well, before Elemental was even a company. And so that really helps in terms of, I think, integration and getting people aligned. And a lot of these conversations happened um, prior to the merger being announced. And so it was, um, I think, really the, the overall structure um, and the, the sort of strategy, a lot of that was discussed. And some of that has to be um, signed off by the board um, of the new company um, following this merger. But I think that that will actually happen um, pretty quickly. And a lot of the work in the background, um, you know, the great thing about this merger uh, from a, I think, um, from the team's perspective is that we've always had a very, um, a very lean team. And I think that Altus um, prior to this have been in the same position. And so actually putting these teams together, um, there's, there's an awful lot of resources now that we have in-house and capability. And it's been really enjoyable over the last few weeks to see things that both companies have been working on and to see how much can happen in parallel when you have a team um, that has the experience and the expertise combined um, to be able to do it. And so I think that, uh, yeah, I think we're definitely um, moving on a number of different fronts in parallel. And I think we'll be able to continue to do that going forwards, um, both on the royalty acquisition side, um, on the royalty generation side, and also on opportunities to um, really crystallize value from some of the existing assets. Right. So out, out there, we, we, we've kind of looked at the, the royalty streaming um, space. It seems there's some very promotional companies and they've done spent a lot of money promoting um, what they've got um, and whether or not the assets back, back up the valuations is a, is a conversation for another day. But are you seeing enough companies, like-minded companies with a similar attitude to yours in terms of what the, the shape of the company needs to be in terms of how you grow these companies and how you create value? I, I think um, 
you know, we've, we've had um, as a result of going through a takeover bit, um, we've had a lot of um, conversations with other companies and I think um, I think a lot of positive conversations from that and we, we, we probably knew most of the companies in the space already um, and I think um, there are certainly, you know, there's certainly a number of companies there who um, we admire, we like, we get on with um, and I think that one of the attractions of the the merger um, for both companies um, is that um, you know we again we approach this from the angle of you know, what is best for shareholders and what is going to put the company in the best possible position to succeed because you know, ultimately that's the only reason we want to do this um, if it's going to actually put the company in a better position afterwards and I think fortunate to have as a major shareholder in the combined company La Mancha. And um, for those who aren't so familiar, um, they were the cornerstone shareholder in Evolution Mining in Australia, turning it into a top five gold miner there. Cornerstone shareholder in Endeavour Mining in West Africa, turning it into a top 10 gold miner globally. And to have them as the um, largest shareholder, um, very supportive on the register. And they have, um, you know, I think 24 people in the team in London now. So um, really good networks, technical team that we can leverage. And so I think that will help us um, enormously going forwards, um, both in terms of acquisitions and doing DD and opportunities, um, but also if you are looking um, in terms of further consolidation and M&A, they have demonstrated the track record and the experience to do that, but crucially to do it in a value accretive manner. Um, not going out there and just putting companies together for the sake of it. But actually, I think if you look at the past companies that have been major shareholders in, in the gold space, doing it in a way where there were real synergies and benefits from those transactions. And so I think great to have them um, you know, uh, on the board and, and as a major shareholder going forwards. Can you give us a little peek behind the curtains as to how something like this happens? Because you know, we, we, we've seen and had conversations with CEOs trying to do uh, mergers or takeovers or acquisitions and they get a bit of resistance from the other side because no one wants to lose their job, right? You've ended up king of the castle here. You're the CEO. How do those discussions work? How do you decide, right, we want to, it's the right thing for shareholders to get together. However, some, maybe someone's going to lose a job, someone's going to get paid a little bit less uh, and someone's going to run this thing. How, how do you ne- even begin to negotiate that, discuss that? Um, so I, I would say that in our case, Steve, um, who, who, um, CEO of Altus and is exec chair with us, um, again, uh, I think relationships are key. And I think getting to know people and having known Steve and, um, I, it's, I think it's, it's public that I was a, a shareholder in Altus. Um, previously it had to be in some of the disclosure documents and, um, Steve was a shareholder in Elemental, um, previously as well. So that certainly helps because, there's a level of familiarity there. Um, and, you know, I think through the early conversations, um, you know, S- Steve was, um, Steve was keen to get into the exec chair role. Um, and, um, I, with myself as CEO, it, it's a pretty complementary team. It's, it's, you know, we've been a very flat structure, um, elemental as a company up until now. We are one office. Um, we're probably sort of four square meters. And everyone from me um, to our newest employee who's, who's in his first job um, and started with us as the intern, um, we sit probably within two meters of each other. 
So there's very little um, sort of secrets, um, you know, hierarchy. Um, and I think that in the combined group, you know, again, one of the most attractive features was actually the complementary nature of the team and the fact that we were getting to a stage where we needed to add to our team. And so it made it a very easy conversation because we look at it as we're getting some real assets through this merger. And fortunately, that's actually how Alta said they were looking at it too. So it, it really worked. And I, I, you know, I can understand how if you're two mining companies with, um, you know, 200 people in a head office, you know, that might be more challenging. Um, but the nature of this business that we were both very lean teams to begin with made it, um, I think, uh, in this scenario, much easier conversation. And, um, you know, I think we're, um, we have been working together and, um, already and really looking forward to, um, to doing more going forwards. Okay. And has, has it worked out for you being part of the discovery group? Has that, has that helped in any, any way? What, what was the comfort of doing that? Yeah. So, um, for those who uh, background, I suppose we listed in um, mid 2020. And when we listed, we joined discovery group. Um, and that was a alliance of sort of like-minded companies and John Robbins and Jim Paderson are the two key principles there. And, um, it was really, I think gave us a lot of comfort when we were listing that we were dealing with good quality, honest people. And they were introducing us then to other like-minded, you know, um, people with great track records and success behind them and networks. So that's been really enjoyable. Um, I think it's going to be even more fun now that COVID um, travel restrictions, I won't say COVID, but COVID travel restrictions are largely behind us. Um, so I think we're going to have, uh, we're going to be able to travel over to Canada an awful lot more and to the US. And I think we'll be able to make the most of um, spending time with some of the other discovery group companies and their networks and leveraging off. And um, you know, again, part of this merger is it's not a kind of, um, you know, we're looking at it as a, as a sort of win-win from the perspective of we're getting great shareholders and we're adding them together with other really high quality shareholders and we're adding together different networks um, we're adding together two quite lean management teams, um, but both who have done a lot in the last, even last 18 months, two years. So I think that when you put that together, it actually comes out. And that's why we felt this merger made a lot of sense on different levels. Um, so it's not just the asset base, but you know, anytime you're looking at a, a deal like this, it's a question of the valuations, the asset base, the people, the shareholders, um, timeframes, um, strategy, you know, it, you cover off all of these points. And um, I think we were able to do it in in a really productive way, um, you know, between Altus and Elemental and in a way that I think, um, uh, you know, it, it should actually result in the best possible outcome for shareholders. How, how do you feel about the timing of it? So the last question is, how do you feel about the timing of, of all of this? Obviously, the market, I said, just sucks for everyone at the moment. A lot of people, you know, risk off cash in hand, um, just sitting back and waiting to see what happens. I don't know. Yes. For, for what? So we announced, we, we announced a merger on the um, 14th of June, um, which was at PDAC. Um, and I think um, it was sort of around that week uh, or just before that the market started to really come off. Um, I Look, the the... To us, it was, uh, I think it confirmed that it was absolutely the right thing to do to do this merger. Um, because in my experience, in bad markets, you know, the bigger companies come off and the smaller you are, 
the more pronounced that tends to be. Um, and, you know, in good markets, smaller companies can outperform and they have more leverage and growth, but, you know, less liquidity. So actually it was a perfect time, you know, if you're going into a weaker market to have done the work and put this merger in place coming into that. Um, and I think that irrespective of what the market conditions are, the combined company is absolutely in a better place um, through the merger. We, you know, fully expect we will have a lower cost of capital. Um, we will have more revenue. We'll have more free cash flow. We've got a bigger shareholder base, more liquidity. Um, we're rationalizing the listing. So we're going from a London listing, two TSXV listings and two OTC listings to a primary TSXV listing and one OTC listing. You know, even something as simple as that removes management time, burden, admin. Um, so it, it really does. Um, I think. In, in bad times um, and when the market is weaker, it's even more important um, to put yourself in the strongest possible position. And I think that, again, um, we're going to come out of this as a sub $200 million enterprise value company. Um, and we will have the second highest number of producing royalties um, in the sub billion dollar space. Um, and, you know, that immediately puts us in a, um, in a pretty unique position. Um, going forwards. And it's something that hasn't happened overnight. It's been, um, both companies have been really working up to get to this position. But now we're here. Um, there hasn't been a time um, in Elemental's history and uh, talking to Alters, I think it's the same. There hasn't been a time in either company's history that we have been in a stronger position. And so if we happen to have in, you know, certainly in Elemental terms, um, you know, going on a sort of all-time low on the share price, um, in current market conditions, well, that's really a fantastic opportunity for us to get out there and tell the story to investors because what they can get now is better value um, than what they have ever been able to get. And for the combined company where you know, the synergies will start to come through over the next three months.